In today's show, we're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder for fantasy basketball for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So we're here to talk about the Thunder. Team full of frustration, quite obviously. We're going to talk about them, their fantasy value sleepers and busts and all that sort of stuff of all the players on the roster. We're going to talk Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl as well, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) If you are new to the show, welcome. I am running a 360-team fantasy basketball league for categories, a 360-team fantasy league for points. It's called the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, and you can enter it. Simply send an email, not yet, to lofbbowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, if you want in the Thunder division, you write Thunder Cats, not like the legendary 80s cartoon. Lino, what a legend. Um, Thunder Cats, or if you want in the points league, you write Thunder Points. And then later on in the show, I will tell you something else to put in the body of the email. It's a nine-category league or a points league. No trades, waiver acquisitions, gameplay acquisition limits. And it all caps off with a 60-team battle royale to determine the final champion. $25 entry, $4,500 grand prize as well. So, that's, that's that. Get your entries in. They're coming off the board. We don't have many teams left. Don't have many spots left. Keep your entries coming in. And let's talk about this Oklahoma City Thunder team who have 52 quality games for the upcoming season and 13 back-to-backs, league average, and above league average in quality games. So basically, they're a pretty strong schedule. Now, I've just noticed a typo on that graphic, on the schedule breakdown. I probably should adjust that because they definitely don't have one game in the fantasy playoffs. But overall, they are just average, average right across the board in terms of um, their value for this upcoming season in in terms of schedule anyway. That, that's, you know, the players on the roster, different matter. But in terms of the, how the schedule th- um, shakes out for them, they're, they're an average squad. There you go, updated. 11 games if your playoffs end on March the 19th, 4-4-3. 11 games if your playoffs end on March 26th, 4-3-4. 11 games, if your playoffs end on Yahoo default, April 2nd, 3-4-4. 11 games is pretty good, right across the board. So a really strong playoff schedule for this Thunder team. The question is, who's going to be playing for them? We know that they, in the final two and a half to three weeks of the season, the last two years, have egregiously tanked. They play 48 minutes of Georgios Kalatzakis and Xavier, well, not Xavier, because he's not actually Xavier, because it starts with a Z. Xavier Simpson. Simpson, eh? Gabrielle Deck. I could barely recognize my own dick. 
just a bunch of no-name players, Teo Maladon getting big minutes. With the absence of Chet Holmgren, who's out for the season, will they do it again? I don't know. I Shea Gildas-Alexander has legitimately been injured the last two seasons. I can't speak to Josh Giddy's hip injury. I know that Shea was injured, and I know that Lou Dort was injured. Lou Dort had surgery on a torn labrum in his shoulder. You don't cut someone open to tank. Shea got injured, came back, and played, and was the number three overall playoff player in the playoffs that ended on March the 20th, which is my recommended end date. And then for the last couple of weeks, he sat down with ankle soreness. The level of tanking gets overblown with this team. I'm not suggesting they won't do it or they won't be extra cautious with injuries. And they have not really any shot of making the play-in. But people suggest that they're just sitting guys from January onwards, which just isn't true. There, This is why we want to avoid that last week or two of the season. That's why I like to end my season's on March the 19th to try and avoid most of the nonsense that goes on. And they will be a key component in the nonsense. They will probably, because they'll be bad again, they'll try to sit guys. It worked out for them getting Chet. The year before it didn't. They got, well, it worked out getting Giddy, but they got pick six. They fell down the lottery. And that's what the lottery is. That's why you can't, it's no point going super, super hard on the tank because you still might not get a high pick. You might get pick five instead of pick one or two. Um, but it's a legitimate risk. I think it's an overblown risk. And there is... I don't know how much on board Shea is with this sort of stuff, um, or even Giddy to a lesser extent with with you know, sitting games down the stretch. But again, it, it amounts to like two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks of guys sitting down. It's not as much as you think it is. People, again, they just have it. Oh, the Thunder, it's disgusting. Take their franchise away from them. Yeah, they've been bad. They're deliberately rebuilding. And they sit guys down. They've sat guys down for a few weeks at a time. And last season, it was, yeah, Giddy played like one or two games after the All-Star break. That's true. But I don't know. Did he have a legitimate injury? I'm not sure. Why would they bring Shea back from an injury and play him while resting Giddy? So that's, you know, that's, I guess that's the risk. Like, yeah, someone like, we worry about Xavier Simpson. He played four games. This was not a long-standing thing. He played four games, Simpson did. Played 44 minutes a night. But sometimes it's overblown. But it still can impact things. Um, the other thing that impacts what happens in terms of um, projections is what on earth happens with the front court now? Because their centers on this roster are Mike Muscala and Derek Favors, really. They're the only sort of center-sized guys. Favors isn't really. And then it's just a bunch of power forwards. It's Baisley, Robinson Earl, Wiggins, who's more of a small forward than anything. It's Pig Williams, the other Jalen Williams, the bad one. How, are they just going to run all those guys random minutes? Will they settle on two? I think they probably, it's Poku as well. We've got Pokushevsky, who's not a center. He's a small forward, probably. He's more of a, probably more power forward. But he's probably more a small forward, honestly. Like, how do they run that front court mix? And maybe they run six guys a night in 20 minutes each. Maybe they settle on two, which I think they probably will. Two or three major guys. But without Chet there, they don't have real rim protection. They don't have center-sized players. And it's going to make things really tough for them. They're really well coached. They've got a very good coach. They've got some really good players. But the front court is... It's quite bad. And... 
I don't know if anyone's good enough to actually stand out from that mix, even though there's plenty of opportunity to do so. But I'll tell you what's not bad. That's betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football information and betting needs this season. You can find all the football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including all of the week three action over at betonline.net. Now, Oklahoma City doesn't have an NFL team, so let's pick a random team. Let's look at the odds for somebody for the NFL this week over at betonline.net. Who's a team here that doesn't have an equivalent? Oh, we've got actually got a week four game. The Jaguars and the Eagles, that's up. Wow, okay. We haven't even seen week three. We haven't even seen the Jaguars take on the Chargers yet. Titans are two and a half point underdogs against the Raiders over on betonline.net after they're smashing by the Bills. All of the week three games and evidently the week four games are up. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball. Major, Major League Baseball, MMA, yep. Boxing and golf. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Breakout candidates. I don't want to include rookies in this list, so I'm not going to. I think two guys who could really sort of step it up or have the opportunity to step it up this season. Um, I've got Josh Giddy. And Alexei Pokyashevsky. I think people are still not sold on Giddy. I was pretty big on him last season. I actually had him at number six before the draft. I thought that's where we'd go. I thought that's how good he was. I love that Thunder picked him. I had him as a nice sleeper for fantasy. He repaid that for me. I still think people are underselling what he does. Can he develop into someone who's at least a league average shooter? Because at the moment, he's not. Or a below average defender. There's a, he's not going to be an all-star level player, at least not this season or in the next few seasons. But I think in year two, more aggression, better shooting. The passing's already elite. Like, can he establish himself as, a, oh, okay, now this is actually a legitimate player. Uh, this is a legitimate backcourt and they're sorted there and we'll go from here. Or is there still going to be the doubts associated with it? The other guy who's got a chance, and this is why it's candidates, is the aforementioned Alexei Pokyshevsky. I don't think they will start him, but they could. They could start him and Baisley together in that front court mix. He has some stretch. Look, last season, the beginning of the year, terrible. Like, he was really bad. And then he came on towards the end of the year and started to play some good basketball. But that's two years in a row where he's been so bad, he's been sent to the G League to start the season. There's an opportunity after three years. He's still really young. He's one of the youngest players, if not the youngest player in his draft class. I think he's only 21 now. Let's have a look. He hasn't even turned 21. He doesn't turn 21 until December. And there's obviously an opportunity with minutes, with Chet out, for him to play a role. And maybe with the guys in front of him, Robinson Earl, Wiggins, Baisley, Muscala, Favors, nobody there is good. And if Pokashevsky actually becomes good, there's a huge opportunity. I don't, again, he's, start, he's been so bad to start off the last two seasons. I'm not sure I have faith in it, but he showed some signs towards the end of last season that he maybe can do something interesting that makes us excited. Sleepers. Giddy has been ranked really aggressively on some sites. His ADP on Yahoo is 55. That's too high for me. There is a dearth of assists later in drafts. I know that. So I think as around six or around seven player, it's fine. His fan tracks ADP is 65. It's probably bang on. But I wouldn't want to go near that top 50 into the round five where he's going in some spots. But ESPN's got his ADP at 94. Now, they have updated his rank in um, category leagues. And that's been updated into the 60s. 
which is more in line with his actual value. He's at 78 in category leagues, which is pretty decent as well. But at the moment, his ADP sits at 94. So there's real value in getting him at 94. And then there's not many other sleepers. Like there's guys who are going to get minutes like Poku, but he's actually being drafted at 130 on Yahoo. And I think, is that value? I don't know. No, if it is. There's Baisley. He's being picked at 144. Is, there any, is, is that actually a sleeper? I don't think so. But it's for deeper leagues. You got Jalen Williams, the Bronco. His ADP is 285 on fan tracks. I think he's got an opportunity to be a top 200 player as a rookie. The problem is, is Lou Dort is ahead of him, but I think he's going to get plenty of minutes. And I do think, I legitimately think he is a better prospect than Dort comfortably. Dort did just get the extension, the 17 million a year. That's totally fine as, you know, the non-guarantee on it made it better. I thought overall they paid too much. But in terms of if you just want to sit a guy down um, or you know move him to a smaller role, $17 million for a role player is going to be totally fine in the next couple of years. So yeah, if Jalen Williams does what I think he can do, interestingly, I'm just looking at this now. Holy shit, what is this? Jalen Williams on Yahoo has shooting guard, small forward, and center eligibility. Are these guys all right? Center eligibility. That's the rare, the rare shooting guard center combo, Jalen uh, Bronco Williams. Yeah, I think I don't think he overtakes Dort this season, but I would be prioritizing him in fantasy over Dort longer term. And then there's Aaron Wiggins, who again might have an opportunity to start. Now Wiggins is a guy that showed success as a pick fifty five or fifty three. I think he was in the draft, started games. He was three hundred thirteenth in twenty four minutes, and the opportunities there again without Chet. I don't think he's particularly good, but I would at least, as a guy who's got a chance to start and be a rotation player, I would at least consider him in 20-team leagues or 18-team leagues, and he's ranked at 376. He's, of course, not ranked on any of the other sites. So there's a little bit of upside there. No one really stands out as a points league option. You know, Giddy is a better points league than category league player, but he's so aggressively ranked on Yahoo that he doesn't actually come in as a sleeper. On the busts side of things, no one really... I maybe could have said Giddy at 55. Maybe. But I'm not sure it really is. Is Shea a bust as an ESPN rank on points at 14? Maybe. But his ADP is 26, which is absolutely reasonable. He's 31 on Yahoo. That's reasonable. There's no real busts, I don't think, with this squad at the moment. But there are a bunch of guys that I can see being picked in the last round of drafts. And I just said I don't think Ludort's great long-term. I think they're trying to make him into something with more usage than he should be. But now that Williams is here and there's Giddy and there's Shea, maybe a bigger role for Trey Mann. I don't know about that. But Dort shouldn't be getting that usage. He's shown he can be a good free throw shooter. He hits threes. He's scoring okay. His steals did drop and his defense did drop off last season. But as a last round pick, it's fine. He's got ADP's 144. That's fine. Same with Poku. If he falls out, like he's 130, maybe a little bit high. But the upside's there. There's a top 80 upside in 30-minute Poku. I don't think we get that at all. But there is a top 80 upside in him. Baisley might start. Yeah, he's going to be, he is one of the worst shooters in the NBA. He's a terrible offensive player, but he can block some shots. And if he plays full-time center, maybe he blocks 1.2 shots. That's his upside. I don't think he gets there, but it's possible. And maybe he just only takes shots around the rim if he's playing more full-time center. And you could also look at Jeremiah Robinson. Now, Jerry started a lot of games last season. They had an injury. Only played 23 minutes a night and ranked outside the top 250. That should come in quite a bit. And again, it's that opportunity. Baisley, Poku, Robinson Earl. 
two of these guys are going to have to start at the four and the five and maybe play some extra minutes. We don't know who it's going to be or how they're going to run things. I think it'll be Robinson, Earl, and Baisley. But Poku could easily jump in there, and he's got the best fantasy game out of that trio pretty comfortably. So they're all options to take a flyer on with that final pick in a category draft. Let's look at the roster. I've spoken a lot about Giddy already. Let's talk about Shea. 31 on Yahoo, 30 ADP fan tracks, 26 ESPN. So that's like early to middle third round. He was 30th in category leagues last season. He was 18th in points leagues last season, Yahoo points leagues, and 22nd in ESPN points leagues last season. Of course, the problem was he did miss a lot of games with that ankle problem. He also shot really, really poorly from three. I do think that that shooting number can come back up. I think he can establish... Maybe I should have put him as a breakout. I think he can establish himself as an all-star adjacent player, if not an all-star. If this team was competing for the play-in, I think he would be an all-star player. The injury is what worries... The injury risk is what worries you, the shutdown risk, the fake injury, whatever you want to say. Like That is somewhat of a worry, but it's not dissuading me from picking him at the end of the second round or start of the third round. And he is what we need to know for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl entry. You know the question I'm going to ask. Where did Shea rank in the fantasy basketball playoffs that ended on March 20th last season? The answer is third. Third. In totals over that time frame. Drop that in the subject of your email to get into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Now, could Shea actually be a top 10 player? Absolutely. He actually could. He could average 27, 5, and 6, 1.5 steals, 0.8.9 blocks, 48, 85, hit two and a half threes. Like he shot really badly from three. But he's one of the best drivers, if not the best driver in the NBA. A really strong finisher, a solid passer, good rebounder, good defender. Potential to be a good defender. He's had some moments, but offensive load has decreased defensive effectiveness. He's really good. Dort, we've spoken about. Baisley, we just spoke about. Again, really low upside, terrible shooter. There are minutes, but there are a bunch of other guys who can sort of cut in and cut some of that value away. And then Robinson and Poku. Poku's like, what do we expect from Poku? Poku was 245th in 20 minutes a game. You're going to have bad field goal percentage. But he blocks, he assists, he hits threes, he can rebound. There is a player in that. There's a fantasy contributor in that. And it's worth that flyer. But if we see him play 16 minutes a night, then you go, see you later. Or not bothering out. But it if he starts every preseason game and they start running him with the starters, then you start getting interested in it. And you can get him. He's not even, well, he's at 154 in ESPN. Look, that's fine. Last round pick. Just try it out. Then there's Jalen Williams. So again, I do have some really high hopes for him. He is older as a rookie. He's 21. He can defend. He can pass. He can score. He can hit threes. He won't do huge amounts of these things. He'll probably be deficient in, uh, deficient in efficiency this season. And the opportunity for minutes will probably have to come through injury, either to Dort, Giddy, or Shea. But if I was the Thunder and Mark Dagnott, I would be prioritizing him as my sixth man. He's the guy that comes off the bench and plays 27 minutes a night straight away. I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll ease into that. But that's what I see him being able to do at some point this season. And that's going to have some value. I am not a Trey Man fan. People, I think, are well aware of that. I don't even know. I know it's his year three. It was the second season. Where's the opportunity for minute upside here? Again, there's Dort, there's Giddy, there's Shea. They brought in um, Bronco Williams. So where where does man get these extra minutes? To me, he's an inefficient chucker who struggles defensively and not a good passer or rebounder. 
I think his fantasy game is pretty rough, like pretty bad. Bad, bad field goal, steals, blocks, rebounds, assists. I'm not sure he gets enough minutes to be useful um, points-wise. And he can hit some threes. He can, he can pop off, for sure. And if we get a situation where Shea is out or Giddy is out and he is the starting point guard and he's playing 30 a night, you would add him because he will put up numbers. But he needs that. He can't really contribute in a lower role. And at the moment, that, that role, it's not really there. Kendrick Williams is a really solid player. I think Jay Sean Tate in Houston, that's the sort of player he is. Just, but he's better. Makes things go. He can pass. He can um, defend. If he could be more reliable shooting, he'd have value. With old mate Chet out, Pig Williams, the big Jalen Williams, is probably going to be a rotation player. Now, I'm not actually sure he's any good. But could he be the surprise like Robinson Earl or Wiggins last season where they're late picks, but they step into large roles? I guess the reason you're holding back from that is that Robinson Earl and Wiggins are still there. The guys who stepped into those roles last season are still there ahead of Williams. But he's at least one to watch. Wiggins can play a little bit, but not the most fantasy-friendly fantasy game. Him and Pig Williams and Poku and Baisley and Jerry Robinson Earl, Joe Rogan, we we keep an eye on them and we see, but I think it's just going to be so mishy-mashy that nothing really stands out from the group. Then there's the two veterans, Mike Muscala and Derek Favors. Mike Muscala is actually quite a good player. He can protect the rim. He can shoot. His ankles are rooted. He he has, has ankle issues or surgery. He just can't really stay healthy on him. And some of that is you might be spacing the floor a little bit too much. But given that Robinson Earl, Baisley, Wiggins, Pig Williams, none of them can shoot, having him out there does actually help things for Gideon Chase. I think they'd want to give him some minutes. And at least in deeper leagues, there's some threes there. While Derek Favors, uh, uh, his body just can't do it anymore. I They need to make cuts on this roster, by the way. And Favors could be one of them that goes. He picked up his $10 million option. They have got too many players on the roster. And Favors, despite the lack of centers, maybe they just get rid of him. Lindy Waters is absolutely not afraid to shoot. Sometimes he's afraid of them going in, but he's not afraid to shoot. He's on a two-way, as is Eugene Omarui. And I haven't even spoke about their other lottery pick, Usman Jeng. Now, I wouldn't say that there's a huge minute load here coming, but what if he, who I think is more of a three, but what if they played him at the four? There's an obviously an opening, and they go with him and Baisley. I think he'll be actually a player that might, if he played 28 minutes a night, might rank 300th in fantasy because of low scoring, low threes, low percentages. But he can pass a bit. He can handle the ball. He's got upside. Maybe I should have included him in the, hey, take a stab at it. Maybe in a 16-team, you grab him last round and see what happens. But again, keep an eye. If they go him and Baisley as the starting 4-5, or him and Jerry Robinson Earl as the 4-5, then our spidey senses go off. We go, oh, okay. I still think he'll be bad. Rookies in general are bad, and I think he'll be really bad, like terribly bad. But we keep an eye if he gets the minutes. And then there's Chet who is not going to play this season, which sucks. He would have been a fourth-round player, probably gone third round in a lot of spots. I still, if I'm in a a dynasty rookie draft, I would still take him number one overall. The gap closes because he misses one year here. In a dynasty startup, I would have considered top 15. I'd probably look at him as top 30 now, but you didn't understand that if you're taking him in a dynasty startup with that early pick, you're not competing this year, so that puts you in prime position for Victor next season as well. So, uh, yeah. You could then come in and have Chet and Victor both on your team for Dynasty. Um, and Vic, by the way, Victor looks stupid. 
he's like hitting his head on the rim. He's seven foot four. He's still growing. He looks it looks insane him playing. So just think that. Like Chet, I think he's still a top forty, top thirty guy as a rookie next season when he plays. And if you draft him in a dynasty startup, or even as in a dynasty rookie draft, you're getting this prospect who's still really good and increasing your chances of getting the guy who's a legitimate, unbelievable freak in Victor Wembanyama. And I think that combination, like have Paulo Banquero and get pick 10 in a dynasty rookie draft next season or have Chet and Victor. Chet and Victor is the answer. It's just a shame we won't get to see him this season. Um, yeah, and that does it for the Thunder. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.